afternoon, evening? It's four, so let's call it afternoon. Yeah. I always get confused, though, when people say, like, oh, I'll see you in the late afternoon, because I think of that as, like, five, but I also feel like people think of that as evening. I think professionals think of that as, like, good evening, and then... I, I don't know. But it's, then it's like, then what is late afternoon? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, idea. this is not the point. No. The point is, we here, and we're talking to y'all. Welcome to Snatched. Once again, welcome back. It's a great day to be in hell. Yeah. It's yet another summer in Austin. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be 30 days over 100 mm. straight, so... And I, mean, I think we're into, like, day seven. Okay. So. You know, I... I'm okay with the fact that it's over 100 degrees so long as people kind of refigure how they right. do their days right. around that. Don't expect me to do the what I was doing when it was 85 degrees. Exactly. When it's literally going to kill me. 107 degrees outside. Like, I'm not I'm not doing whatever the hell it is you want me to show up for. Yeah. Unless, I mean, even walking Molly. Like, I love walking that bitch. But I, there's no time of the morning that I can wake up and take her for a reasonably cool walk mm-hmm. it doesn't exist i woke up two weeks ago at 7, 6 45 a.m to go for a walk and i was still sweaty when i got home mm. and that early in the morning so yeah mm. so i'm just like well fuck it then we take evening walks now and mm-hmm. even then it's like it's still overnight it's still hot yeah it's like last night i was talking to my brother and he was like oh how hot can it be and i was like bitch it's 9 p.m and it is 95 degrees right now yeah so and on it's Sunday it was like a balmy seventy five in New York. I remember Ugh. I was like, Wow, I could have really been there. Ugh. Like it's seventy five degrees and it feels like seventy five. Stop making me jealous. Ciao. Um, yeah. But so um, that's what we're living with and that's why we are having a hard time, I think, doing anything, including yeah. recording. It's like, oh, you want me to step outside of this air conditioning to go to another place? Mm-hmm. Like how about hard pass? So, I mean, I've been going to campus once a week for a yeah. writing group thing, and I haven't even gone every week because I've been like, actually, what I'm not going to do is leave my house. Right. So. Yeah, especially, I mean, to go from through hell to go to hell, it's right. just not a It's a not a good, yeah. It's like when I'm leaving heaven as close as you can get to heaven mm-hmm. here, you know, which is like the inside of my home. Why mm-hmm. would I leave it to go somewhere worse? I just don't get it. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask you. So uh, if uh, you are actually still listening to this wretched podcast, um, <laughs> uh, one thing I've picked up since kind of I guess the last few months is mm-hmm. yoga pretty regularly. Right. I go about four to six times a week. Well, not go anywhere. I just do it in my apartment. Although you had me fooled for a while, fam. Because I was like, doing this irregularly. So I was like, you were like, oh, I'm gonna do yoga, and I'm here thinking like. This bitch is going to a yoga studio mm. every fucking day. What the hell is wrong with him? Yeah, I so. think old me would have been more open to that. Because to be clear, you also make it seem like a like two hour long trip is like, oh yeah, I got to go to yoga. So I have to like, you know, prepare myself, make the journey, mm-hmm. enjoy the class, take a shower after. So I'm over here thinking like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Now that I know you're doing it at home, I'm like, so why an actual God? Does it take you so long to get to my house then? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I don't know what happens after yoga. I usually just lay there. I was going to say, that happened to me yesterday on my first day of yoga. Because right. I did it because I was having back pain. Like, just my back was really tight yesterday. And I was like, you know what? Let me just, like, give this shit a try. I've been thinking about it. Um, and so, 
afterward, I was just sort of sitting there, like, dozed. Like, not mm-hmm. even, like, sort of dazed a little bit, maybe, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did not expect that. So, I'm guessing that's what you're describing. Yeah, so how long was... Uh how long was your yoga session? I've been choosing relatively short videos. Yesterday I did one that was 30 minutes. Okay. Um, and then today I did one that was 17 minutes. Yeah, the 30 so. minutes is actually fairly long. Yeah. Sometimes I'll do like a 20 minute and be like, I got my life. That's yeah. fine. I mean, well, I did that one because I wanted like, you know, some proper stretching mm-hmm. in that moment yesterday. Um but also because I did find myself being like, oh my God, this is taking forever. And then I was like, you know what? No, just be in the moment. And then like two minutes later, she was like, if you find yourself frustrated that this is taking a while, I was like, yeah, bitch, mm-hmm. I already did that. I already told myself to calm down. I am basically a yogi. Yes. Like- <laughs> yeah. I mean, after two, you're basically a yogi. It's, uh, it's that I mean, life. I have a yoga mat now, so... Oh you gosh, know. when the lower back finally releases, that's mm. one of my favorite feelings. Um, but I'm glad. I hope you keep up with it. I hope I keep up with it. It's yeah. hard in this heat. Um, well, this channel has a like 30 days of yoga um, video series. So I think I might try that. I think it's for like people who are trying to get into doing yoga. Mm-hmm. So that might be my next thing. I'm working up my way to being able to fold over completely in front of me myself. Cute. That's really hard because my hamstrings are really, really tight. That's, I mean, I know the feeling. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I find I'm actually a lot more flexible mm-hmm. than I expected to be. Um, like, there were a lot of things that she would do that I was like, oh, that's not too bad, actually. I can do that pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, huh, I guess I'm not just like a sad rickety lump right to the extent that i assumed <laughs> i mean i'm still rickety but well of course that's why i said to the extent you know it's like it's sad and rickety but it's not like you know i haven't turned into a statue of marble quite mm-hmm. yet my bones aren't petrified right as it were no, rheumatoid and oh dear god uh, okay let's change the topic before we um get too so weird. this episode uh we were thinking about switching up how we go about organizing the conversation so yeah. this time around the themes are going to kind of structure what we talk about for the rest of the um podcast yeah what's this theme that we came up with carolyn so we decided to discuss friendship today mm-hmm. because Friendship is, I mean, we've talked about friendship a few times, right? Like, obviously, friendship's important to this podcast. Mm -hmm. It would not exist. Um, I mean, first of all, nobody other than people who are actually friends would keep putting out episodes of a podcast this irregularly (laughs) and still be having a good time. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, you know, so clearly we care a lot about friendship. Um, So we were just talking about, like, how... Because, you know, I like that we, I think, how do I say this? Right now, it just feels like it's too difficult to talk about what's happening in the world or Mm -hmm. contemporary, right? Because we're all just, like, reeling from it constantly. Mm -hmm. So I think going with a topic like friendship, you know, allows us to really just, like, talk more extendedly Mm -hmm. about something that we think is important, right? Right. Um, So, yeah, and we were just like, let's talk about, you know people we love and also like the kinds of people to avoid right Right. because i think a lot of people think friendship is a word you use for anyone you know who's not related to you or married to you right right as i think as we get closer to full on fled full-fledged adulthood you realize there's 
levels to this shit. Like, it's not just friends or acquaintances. There are, like, there's tiered systems Mm -hmm. and there's inner circle, sure, but there's also, like, a better definition of friendship that you've come to. Exactly. And it's, like, to understand that your friendships don't have to exist because you know people, right? But because they offer you something and you offer that person something. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a mutual connection in a way that I think most people think of friends as just like, oh, well, I know all these people, so they're my friends, even though I can't stand Mm -hmm. hanging out with them, right? Mm -hmm. So, I think your sister once posted something about, that was, like, really revolutionary. It was like, Mm. you know, you don't actually have to hang out with people that you don't want to. I mean... I have been saying this to people. I was like, oh, right. Like, I am not obligated to waste my life on really not. people that don't give me anything but grief. Or yeah. when I'm actively thinking about what I would rather do. Yeah. It's like, if you're thinking about what you would rather be doing, then you're probably not actually friends with this person. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's time to accept that. And, like, well, let me put it a different way. Either you're not friends with that person because you actually haven't created a friendship with them or you're just a shitty person yeah. who doesn't take the time. So if you're a shitty person, like, maybe this isn't for you. Yeah. But for everyone else, like, you know, that's sort of who yeah. we're talking to. Um, so, so let's start with good friendships, right? Yeah. What, what is, were you going to say? No, I think that's a great, that's a great, like, segue. I wanted to talk about the good and then the bad. And then, yeah. I guess and then the, the ugly. <laughs> um, Gotta love a good Western. I guess, yeah, I guess for us... I want to, I guess I want to think about my favorite kinds of friendships. And Mm. the reason why this came up is that I was on a FaceTime call with one of my white friends from Amherst. Cute. And I was like, wow, I genuinely appreciate and loved that, that conversation. Yeah. And it was, I was telling Carolyn, like, well, I forgot there are white people outside of Austin that like are genuinely okay people. Right. Exactly. Um, so it got me thinking about what actually constitutes a quality friendship mm-hmm. for me and us. And um, I guess for specifically this one, and shout out to Ethan, because you're probably listening hey, to this. Uh, and uh, he's getting married very soon. Oh, I'm very congrats. excited. Going to be in the wedding party looking oh, like look a dime. But <laughs> See, <laughs> I feel like I'm the kind of person who my friends know not to ask me to be in their wedding party, but continue. Mm-hmm. I'm, so what, okay, so let me, I will go on a, like a slight tangent why I gas up Ethan. Okay. Ethan is the first person in my college experience to acknowledge me for like the intellectual contributions that I bring to the table. I think he hmm. was one of the first people to see that. And I was also one of the first people to have... I think a very in-depth conversation the way we were having it with him mm-hmm. so we both kind of saw each other as like intellectual compatible com- uh, compatibly intellectual right. pre- french simpatico essentially yeah and that's really hard to find because i don't think genuinely white people don't really give right like, any real credence i mean it's right i should say like it becomes easier to find white people like that if you're in the right spaces right but in general, like, it's very... And especially as you're growing up, too, and in college, like, white people basically act like you didn't even just say any words. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I don't ever feel othered in the presence of Ethan. Yeah. It's like... That's real. What I appreciate about Ethan is that he takes me kind of as I am. Hmm. And I also take him as he is. 
Right. And we also lean on each other. Mm-hmm. There have been moments in my 20s where I've like called Ethan, like, Ethan, I may need you to fly over here right oh now. And he's like, of course, like, just let me know what's going on. Yeah. And like that level, it's not just like, like blind loyalty. It's yeah. like tailored to like exactly what I needed in that moment. Right. And it's also like, it's not blind loyalty because it's built on the kinds of experiences with each other that lets you know not only that this is someone who you can depend on, but like who you can depend on to come to your side when needed without hesitation. Mm -hmm. And that's very important. You know, I don't think, I think a lot of people view that as being like why you get married, right? Like Mm -hmm. you get married so there's someone who'll fly to your side no matter what. Um, And it's just like, actually, if you just build strong relationships with other people, um, you could have a group of people who fly to your side. You know, you could have multiple people who fly to your side no matter what. And no um, legal contractual obligation to... To share money or nothing. Mm-hmm. It's, like, really wild, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so would you say Ethan is, like, your bestie? One of them. Okay. He's definitely one of the closest, most... I've, like, shared... Because you know how I feel him. about best friends as a, like, designation. As far as I'm concerned, you cannot have... Like, there are best friends, like really you know who you consider like good friends and there's like uppercase best friend Mm -hmm. and there can only be one so uppercase best friend is kyle my gay black male friend from amherst and that has to do more so because we share so much time and space and are raggedy in front of each other (laughs) but ethan ethan is getting it he's getting he's a double doctor he's going doing research and he's gonna be a ethan shout out to you you're doing the damn thing yes i'm also doing this thing here um so because of that we're not able to kind of be at capital b bestie level yeah um but i could share a bed with this guy and have pillow talk and so wait do you consider that like capital b bestie to be like geographically limited in some way i think it's more uh situational gotcha and right now i think i mean you and i have been having conversations around like men and stuff and And friendship and and friendship and kyle does something for me where he understands a kind of racial and sexual component Mm. of what i'm going through that i just need a a queer man of color Mm mm-hmm to kind of go through that with me real and with ethan like again i was just talking to him on the phone so it's not like because you're not capital b it's not we're really close friends but i think in this moment we're both he's on the other side of the country quite mm-hmm. literally so he is i'm still gonna like always see him and confide in him right. and like he may or may not be the godfather of my like first dog you know yes like indeed. it's it's that real yeah <laughs> Okay, um, that's so, real. But so it's with like, him, you don't have that ability to sit across from each other and just talk right. in a way that you would prefer. Right, because he's also, like, he's he's a white guy at the end of the day. And, right. like, there's, there's certain things that, like, I can't, I don't have the, um, I don't have to explain things to Kyle. Gotcha. Like, um, you know, I don't have to explain, I could yeah, look yeah, at yeah. you. Remember when we were in, like, the, 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 the M.A., class yeah and we would just sometimes these white folk would be talking and we would, and we just, would just look at each eyes. other yep and 
said a million words in that one mm-hmm. look and we just kept on moving exactly yeah no i totally get that mm-hmm. i mean i think that's important for has to have friends like you can't have a one friend who does everything for you right because mm-hmm. one that's like too much to expect out of somebody yes. um and also like that really limits the things that you spend your time discussing and ruminating on right because mm-hmm. you can't talk about everything with one person um so, which is also why I think it's weird when married people are like, I married my best friend. Yeah. Because I'm like, bitch, so you only have one person <laughs> filling both of those roles? That seems like a lot of work, but okay. Yeah. Um, Too much. Right. Too and much it's pressure. like, I think it's important to know that we have different friends who fill different voice. Like, we talk about different things with different people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, is there any, fr- I mean, okay, so I never really had any friends who, I shared every single thing with. Same. Right? Like, I share specific things. Like, there are certain things when they happen, I call this friend or I text this friend, right? Um, But I never really had a friend who I shared everything with Mm -hmm. until, as you know, Mm -hmm. my bestie, Dolara. Mm -hmm. Um, And we are just like weirdos. So I don't know if you want me to go into depth. Yeah, I mean, we're on the topic of good friends. Well, you're going to have to ask me questions. I can't just freehand <laughs> when did you okay here's one thing i want to ask when did you kind of take that risk and kind of hmm. confiding more than you normally would with the average friend when was yeah. that you know not the, the details but like i guess what did it what what cued you that you could do that with delara that's a great question um and i don't really know how to answer it only because like we were sort of weirdly like obsessed with each other from the day we met you know Mm -hmm. have i told you about this it's like when we came for recruitment weekend you were you oh you weren't there Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um so we came for recruitment weekend in march they were like you know actually about half of the people who were there didn't end up coming so yeah um right so it was like i think only maybe six people who were there at the time um, actually ended up coming in the fall. But Delara and I, we were just like, oh my gosh, she's so cool. Like, we didn't talk about it until later. Um, but I was like, oh my gosh, she's so cool. Like, maybe if we can hang out for a while, like, it'd be a good, it would be really fun to go to Austin, like, as another thing if we're going to be able to hang out, right? Um, and so we, like, immediately became Facebook friends after we got home and, like, spent the next two weeks basically talking about, like, yeah, so should we go to UT? Like, oh, we should go to UT. And then finally we were like, okay, we're going to UT. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was sort of how our friendship started. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I never felt the need to not be honest. Mm-hmm. Also because I feel like Delara is just as, like, extra as fuck as I am, you know? like mm-hmm. Yes, I know this to be true. <laughs> so you, it's you just bring like, out a certain uh, just casual enragement from each other Mm. just like you could be on the couch together and just like annihilating somebody (laughs) it's really real though (laughs) exactly it's just like yeah we're both a little bit crazy um and have a little too much to say and (laughs) you know what i mean and so it's just like at first, I remember one of the things she said when we like first really became good friends in our first year, um, when she was just like, you know, 
you think I'm kidding, but we are absolutely going to die holding hands one day on the front porch in our rocking chairs or whatever. And I was just like, girl, you crazy, you know? And, but I was also like, oh my God, is she serious? Because <laughs> I don't know, but like in a good way, right? Because mm-hmm. I had always as, so I have talked about this before, but like I'm aromantic, right? Mm-hmm. And so to me, all of the things that make people, I'm not aromantic, well not, I'm both aromantic and also like not very motivated by sex in any real way Mm -hmm. like i don't find other people attractive in a way that makes me want to see them naked right right. except in very rare circumstances like get to Um, know you uh you can keep those on yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and so it's just like eh, i don't know um and so for me like even as you know i only recently realized that that was a thing right but as a young person like People would always be like, oh my God, you'll get married one day and your mm-hmm. husband or whatever will be your... Because, you know, I grew up in a super Christian place. It was all very heteronormative. Your husband will be, like, the most important person in your life. And I just remember thinking, like, well, that sounds horrific. Right. <laughs> like, why would I want that? I'm like, someone's going to be most important to me just because I really love them and enjoy having sex with them. Like, I love a lot of people, so I don't understand why sex is somehow a reason to marry somebody right. you know half y'all husbands can't make you orgasm so this what is what i'm really, saying really doing as here? i got older too it was just like so as, as far as i could tell <laughs> like this whole being married thing really seems kind of dumb and i had always envisioned like i'm like i just want to have like really good friends you know yeah. like when i dreamed of a future i dreamt of living in a neighborhood with all my close friends like until the day we die because how lit would that be mm-hmm. right um, but I was like, that's never going to happen, you know, because people don't do that. Um, and as I, as you get older and um, the sort of like r- romantically inclined culture mm-hmm. around you takes over, it's like, oh, yeah, right. This is, I guess, how people do things, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and so I think I had gotten to a point by the time I got here, I was like, well, I guess my options are fall in love with somebody or be alone for the rest of my life based on what everyone's been telling me right so this sucks you know because like i had friends right like i had friends who i was like we're really close but no matter what like all of those friendships became sort of secondary in some way Mm -hmm. when that person ended up in their like permanent long-term relationship um and so I was just like, I guess that's just how these things go. So I took it's something that I've always taken very personally. And like Delara and I talk about it a lot, actually. Well, not a lot, a lot. But, you know, we've talked about it a number of times. And so that was like early on in our friendship. Um, there was a moment when she was um, she has a partner of a few years. We've mm-hmm. discussed, you know, and this was like early in their relationship. Like they had just, you know, we basically had all only known each other for a few months at that point. Right. Um, right. and I just felt like something happened when we were out one night, you know, and I felt betrayed as like, mm-hmm. you know, that's, a friend. That's how it goes sometimes, man. Like right. these folks just like, next thing you know, they're booed up and you're like, oh, what was that person's name again? Right. And so mm-hmm. I felt really betrayed, but you know, I I think that was the moment actually when I was like I can either be real about this and see mm-hmm. what happens um or just be like well uh, I guess that's how it always goes right um yeah. like eventually they do this and so um and this was only what was this maybe 
I don't know, November, December of, and we started the program in August of that year. Mm. So, um, and she basically came over like the next day and we talked about it and I was like, yeah, this is something that I take very personally. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I hate becoming like second fiddle to Mm -hmm. people's romantic relationships. And she was like, I really hate that I made you feel that way. And that was really dumb of me that I did that. And like, she's never done anything like that since. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, actually, will go out of her way to be like, no, don't worry, like, mm-hmm. I absolutely will die in a fire with you. I also <laughs> so. just want to point out that that's like how you do a, that's how you apologize. It's not simply saying sorry, but like right. learning from that and like kind of acting, knowing that information. Mm-hmm. I really like that Delara practiced like the proper way to apologize. And I feel like that's how we've always been with each other, you know? And there have been like difficult right. moments. Right, of course. But never anything that was like I'm never speaking to you again. Which you know? We know has happened. Listen. <laughs> not let's not Delara, go there yet. But... No, I know. But we're not going there yet. Um but it's always like I'm upset about something, but also if you need me to come to your house right now and beat somebody up, I'll still do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So that to me, and like over the years, it was like, oh my God, I feel like maybe we are soulmates. Like we don't disagree on anything. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that is bizarre. It is bizarre. And so it's like, yeah, I just feel like it's a friendship that is more than just like friendship Mm -hmm. and like you said a few weeks ago you're like i feel like friendship isn't quite a good enough word for you and delara Mm -hmm. and i was i've been thinking about that since because i'm like yeah i don't know that's a good question and like soulmate also has this like tinge of romance right that like that is like eh. Mm -hmm. but also it's still kind of true yeah yeah so yeah i don't know but we were basically like yeah so basically we're just gonna like live together or at least close together and mm. you know live our best fucking lives until we die yeah. one day old women That's on our front porch <laughs> i like that you kind of recognize that almost instantly yeah it was really weird and i guess with kyle and me it's like i actively pursued kyle as a friend hmm. um i was like you're the only black gay guy who like puts up with me <laughs> Like, can you be my friend and, like, teach me your ways? Yeah. uh, Growing up, not having any, like, really black gay friends, and Mm -hmm. then finding Kyle, who was, like, a full human being. I can imagine. I was like, okay, how do you do this? How do you do that? And so ever since then, we've been traveling together. We've been to Havana. Oh, my God. Miami. Cute. Killed New York. So we'll yeah. we'll probably be dying dancing on a dance floor together. Right though, you just gotta like know. Sometimes you found your people, mm-hmm. and it can be really hard to be vulnerable sometimes. Because mm-hmm. I had a moment recently actually where I'm not gonna go too into detail, but basically it was like, okay, your options right in this moment are to put up your wall, right, and like act like you're not as upset about this as you are, and be mm-hmm. chill, right. Or be like fully, like fully express how upset you are and deal with what happens from there, right? Um, Because it's like, it was essentially how important is the transparency between you and the other person to you, right? That was sort of the question. Like, 
do does it matter to me that we talk about everything even if it hurts to talk about it Mm -hmm. essentially and so Mm -hmm. i had to make that choice and it was like weird Mm -hmm. but yeah so i've been having lots of insights about friendships yeah and you've also placed i mean you've taken gambles with oh yeah delara like these are all huge risks that could have completely backfired she could have not been emotionally open to these things and yeah, yes, she was. But, like, that's the thing. It wasn't like it was just one-sided, right? It wasn't like I was just out here like, hey, want to be my best friend and, like, want to live together forever right. and, like, do all this, you know. Mm-hmm. It was more just like, hey, you're really cool. And she was like, oh, my God, you're really cool, too. And, like, wait, we love hanging out. Like, we even talked recently about how if someone were to ask, like, what do Carolyn and Delara do together? It's like, hang out. Yeah. Literally, we don't do any of the traditional. We talked about recently. I was like, we never do any of the traditional girl stuff together. Like, we've never gotten our nails done together. Mm. We've never gone any, really anything like shopping. We don't go shopping together. Like, we don't do any of that shit. We sit right. on the couch and we put some TV on in the background and then we just talk about whatever the fuck is going on. You know, um, I can be. And a it really to this. never gets old. And so I feel like that's legit. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it didn't seem to me like a like it's a gamble, but it's more a gamble with the fallout that you're emo- you might have emotionally, right? Mm-hmm. Than it is really with like because you have to also remember like just as much as you care about your friends, like they probably care about you as much too mm-hmm. if you have the right friends, right? So yes, this is in the world where good friendships exactly are the thing. And- yeah. So, you know, trust your friends, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard and mm-hmm. it's painful and it often feels like that's not what you're supposed to do because you're waiting for your real partner to show up. But, like, that might not happen. Right. And that person also should not do everything for you. So Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoy being present with my friends rather yeah. than kind of feeling in wait mm-hmm. and being st- quote-unquote single yeah exactly it's like you may be single but that's just like because you're single not because like you're single yeah you know um and it's i mean it can feel weird sometimes still especially if i'm like in a place where there's a bunch of couple like there's nothing i hate more than couple hangs yeah oh my god whenever those are the kind of things that just drive me a little bit mad. Like, the kind of, like, not even heteronormative, because gay people do this shit, too. Oh, but just the, like, romantically normative. I don't even know what you would call that. Um, things that people do, like, couples hangs mm-hmm. and couples games. You know, like, someone recently told me, like, I love the newlywed game. I would totally play that at a dinner party. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So, I guess I just wouldn't be invited to this dinner party then. Because mm-hmm. who am I supposed to play with? Oh, right, nobody. So, either I sit here... So you obviously just, like, obviously I would not be invited to this party. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, I don't understand why people even enjoy things I, where I, yeah. only other people in couples can be there. It's, like, weird to me. I don't even know what you talk about because y'all know you're, you know you, outside of your little private sphere, y'all are boring, right? Okay. Like, even when I'm in, like, a committed or, like, kind of relationship thing, I know it's boring. Like, yeah. if anybody's looking at it, it's just boring. Right. I don't... Why would we want to kind of, like, make that into a social dynamic? A social... Exactly. 
like yeah now that we're we come in pairs but it's just so ingrained mm-hmm. that people don't even think about it it's just oh yeah of course i stopped hanging out with my close friends from childhood as much who are single and only hang out with the married friends that my husband and i have made over the years or whatever yeah. like that's something that a lot of straight people do and i'm sure plenty of gay people do too yeah so i just think honestly it's, to me friendship is important because i think friendship is queer right mm-hmm. like you know it allows mm-hmm. for more room for there to be different kinds of attachments mm-hmm. um than any other right and it's not like you can place like uh something somebody said once like you can't friendship is one of those things that like has yet to be kind of uh, Quantified, yeah, or like monetized, or like mm-hmm. the, the state can't really like track it. Right, these are like completely fringe, fugitive relationships yes. you have with people, and exactly, they're, they're totally like in voluntary. Your, yeah, they're totally made up by you, and right. it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, so it's just like to me the idea of friendship. Even like this is something I I feel strongly about. Um, whenever I'm reading fanfic, you know, like slash fic, I love a good slash fic. But I also feel like a lot of the time people immediately go for, look at them, they're so close, they emote with each other. Um, You know, like Bucky and Captain America, um, or Spock and Captain Kirk, where it's just like, they're so close and they like emote with each other, they must be gay for each other, right? Like, and it's Mm -hmm. like, I get the desire for that, and I have no problem with people doing that. But I feel like the idea of these men having a deeply meaningful friendship mm-hmm. that includes things that people mostly consider to be romantic is the important part, right? Like mm-hmm. hugging and talking deeply about their feelings, you know, for and to each other, regarding mm-hmm. each other. Like that's not a romantic thing inherently, right? you know? Um, it's definitely falls within the realm of queerness, mm-hmm. but I think also a queerness from like not so much a sexual component right. or a characteristic or quality, but more like exactly. you don't really you don't have a metric for this because heteronormativity and mm-hmm. cisheteropatriarchy disallows this kind of uh, expression expression and this value system that right. isn't like marketable. Mm-hmm. You just it's. It's there, but you just you just kind of like gotta let it go, like let it, exactly. let it be its thing. Sure, Bucky and Captain America. I mean, listen, they do whatever they want. They I don't do want to know what the hell they want. I don't want to see that. Oh, I'd um, be down. I'm not gonna lie to you. I guess you know, to each their own. I think Captain America is definitely attractive, but that Bucky guy, he he looks like a poster with a guy from the KKK to me and like I can't get Wait, over that. That's hilarious. Like the slick greased hair <laughs> and the like big buggy eyes and like just the skin all the kind I of... do not remember him having greased hair in the movies, but okay. Um, yeah, it's Are you like thinking long... of Bucky? Is yeah. It... He's the one at the end of the of Black Panther, you know, mm-hmm. who's who she like who um Yeah, like Shuri that, he kinda has like, like that oily hair yeah, look to right. him. It just it just On um Thirst Aid Kit they called him Spicy White, the actor Sebastian Stan, because he's Romanian. Oh. And I was like, that shit is hilarious. Interesting. I'm gonna have to start using that spicy from now on. White. Yeah, a spicy white. Wow. Which is like, you know. Mm-hmm. Like spicy mayo. Like Right, exactly. 
you know, mm-hmm. it's a little cuter, but it's nothing to get too excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, listen, I can see that. I'm not hating on it. But, like, also, I just love that you really went down on a tangent all about Captain America and Bucky. That right. was hilarious. That me, which, like, I'm even surprised I know the difference between them. I know. Me too. But honestly. It's, it's due to Black Panther. Yeah. Like, that's real. That's, that's really all. Oh, God. Let's not get lost in yeah. that. But, yeah, friendship. It's important. Mm-hmm. It can be beautiful. Um, it's necessary. Yeah. What else? Um, I think that would be, that's a good natural pause. I mean, like, did you have anything else to say about positive, you know, good friendship before we I change will say, the subject? I, okay, yeah. So I would say, like, a good friendship is also somebody who, like, sees it for you. Mm-hmm. And who's also willing to kind of root for you and your, your, your goals and, mm-hmm. like, be open to how that changes. Right. I mean, I feel like the thing about friendship, too, is that it's one of the few people who don't... Like, a friendship means that the other person... Unless it's, you know, there are other relations. If the only relationship between you and that person is friendship, then it means that they have no other real, like, motivations Mm -hmm. to change the way that you live your life, Mm -hmm. right? Like... Because all they really are here for is for you to be happy. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, your parents might want you to fulfill their dreams for you. Right. Your, you know, spouse might want you to do X, Y, Z to make them happy. Like, a friend is really there to, like, care about you mm-hmm. and the success that you want in your life, right? So, mm-hmm. if you have friends whose immediate response to your success isn't, bitch, come through, that you need to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only reason to have friends. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's so true. It's like, like, obviously, tough love is a thing. But mm-hmm. we're not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, you succeed. You do what you want to do in your life. You make in strides. Your friend should be out here like, ah, uh, hi, everyone. I need mm-hmm. y'all to know that this is my friend right here. Mm-hmm. And she out here killing it. So I have a friend who got a really good, high-paying job. Mm. And it's fantastic. And, like, I love that they're making the big bank. Yep. But they're not doing what they want to do. Hmm. And, like... You know, after That's we celebrated, thing, yeah. I was like, okay, so what are we, what are we going to do about that play that you really wanted to, to write? Mm. Um, and like, you know, I, I can't say that, you know, I would turn down money like that. No, of course. But, but... I've heard my friend talk about this play for years mm. and like, it's not going to get written while you're, you know, being right. a boss bitch. And that's the thing. It's hard. Yeah. And that's when it gets difficult, right? Because it's like you want, but I think it's always about being supportive while still helping them keep their eye on the prize right Mm -hmm. because you don't want to just be a yes man when -hmm. it comes to friends like you also want to be there to say look you told me that this was something that you care about so i'm gonna keep reminding you until you tell me you don't care about this anymore Mm -hmm. that you need to be working on getting this thing done you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um and i think that's been important in right. my friendships too like some, in both some, ways uh, some perspective right to give and and to have those kind of conversations because mm-hmm. i think everybody else is cheering cheering you on to like make those kind of normative moves in your career mm-hmm. but i mean if you wanted to do that i'm the only person really that believes in your idea at this point right exactly um and, be- and it's like not even just in the idea but believes in you right yeah like yeah believes that you as a person will do whatever the fuck it is you think you're gonna do and you're gonna do it the way you think it needs to be done and i'm just here to 
see that happen however you best think it is but not to tell you the best way to do mm-hmm. it you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's my approach at least mm-hmm. i don't know but you've had my advice you know you heard me talk so i'm sure you recognize that yeah <laughs> yeah no um there's never been uh, there's no ulterior motive to friendship which is like yeah the most it's great it's like a naked kind of mm-hmm. realness that i appreciate it's beautiful yeah, so now that we've discussed the beauty of friendship, yeah. uh, let's say we take a short break and yes. then talk about the how not to end up in the wrong friendship. Yeah. We'll be back. All right. So, second piece of this episode, obviously we decided we got to talk about bad friendships mm-hmm. because those are a thing Mm -hmm. and it's very hard to know you're in one until you're in one yeah um i think often you know i'm not one to give people the benefit of the doubt much but so it doesn't happen to me very much but it still happens to me occasionally Mm -hmm. because that's sort of what starting a friendship is right like giving people the benefit benefit. of the doubt Mm -hmm. um until otherwise and often you'll give them the benefit of the doubt for so long that once you stop feeling like you can it's like oh how do i extract myself from this right yeah so Hmm. how do we get into this let's see we well do you want to talk a little bit about like what you consider characteristics of bad friendships yes i think what's ordering how or even toxic friendships yeah I think the ordering idea behind this is that that mini clip from Oprah's interview where she was talking about energy. So mm. it, it's kind of made the rounds a bunch. And if she basically had said, like, you have to be, you not only have to be responsible for the energy you bring into, like, a space, but you yeah. also have to be responsible for the energy you allow in your own space. Exactly. And when people are not going to take responsibility and be accountable to the energy that they brought, now mm-hmm. you have to be accountable to the energy. Exactly. So it's not so much that we're talking about... I don't know how I haven't seen that oh yet. Oh my god, I'll send it to you. Bitch, I love, it. I love that, because it's so real. And when it's she like... talks about Gail, like, she's the, uh, the sister I never I, Yeah, had. that one is the my daughter, favorite. everybody does. Serves. Every time I see that one, I'm just like, this is exactly <laughs> what your best friend should be like. Oh my god. Oprah yeah. the win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think what's ordering this is not so much that we're talking about bad people, though mm-hmm. sometimes two do coincide. Of course. Um, but more so like the dynamic that is, it just is, it destroys you. Right. It, it's annihilating. There are certain dynamics that are not healthy, um, and it's hard to know that unless you've either gotten to the other side of it or you're like deeply discerning mm-hmm. essentially yeah. um, friendships where your energy like where you're only you're like you said earlier making excuses or just eventually you feel yourself thinning out on a like mm-hmm. spiritual emotional level with this person yeah. and they just uh, there's also the glaring fuck up uh, the glaring fuck up where I think you there's just no there's a point of no return right and the other thing also are politics like we were talking mm-hmm. on the break like there's it's totally within your right to not fuck with somebody on a political level and absolutely excommunicate them yeah so let's life. talk about that first mm-hmm. because that's something that people have been talking about a lot lately like oh you're really gonna stop being friends with someone because they consider themselves a Republican still and it's just like 
you don't get to just not be responsible for the things you identify with. I don't understand how this is hard. Like, yeah. you work at a company, if the company gets bad press, surprise, you, you in some way also get p- bad press. Like, shocker. So, I don't really get why this is a difficult concept for people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> you don't want to be a friend of someone who is perfectly willing to take on points of view that don't care about other people, right? Because what that says is, as far as I'm concerned, if you have a friend whose primary values say, I care about you, but not like those other bitches over there, Mm -hmm. then you have a problem, Mm -hmm. right? Because yes, it is human nature to care about the people closest to you and not care about the people farthest from you. It's impossible to care about everyone equally. Duh. I'm not saying that. But that does not mean that you have to like actively not give a shit mm-hmm. about the other people in the right. world. And I just think that, you know, there was a time when being a Republican, like, I don't care if someone says they're a conservative. There's obviously, like, we can't all be leftists right you know um there has to be some conservatives out there and there are actually conservatives who do not identify as republicans who i respect and who always like continue to have interesting insights into the current political Mm -hmm. situation so it's not about someone being conservative it's about identifying specifically with a party right which is not like it's just like people who say you know blue lives matter you identify with this party and it is your choice you identify with the cops you choose to become a cop that's your fucking choice Mm -hmm. your life is not blue you could at any point quit your fucking job and get a different one you chose to do this job Mm -hmm. right so there's also the fact that republicans are not simply ignoring like minorities but they're actively pursuing ways to like destroy exactly and, like, monetize that destruction mm-hmm. so it's not it, it, the republicanism it's not a passive identity it's actively built on the destruction right. of people that look and breathe like me yeah um, and like i don't even want to go down the road of whataboutism right because there's right. plenty that could be said about other political mm-hmm. perspectives which but, side note i found out that that Form of argumentation is called stasis shifting. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? Because you always like. Moving to a different stasis question from the one that the original arguer mm-hmm. was trying to answer. Another iteration of bad faith yeah. argumentation. I love that. Yeah. So just Honestly, decided. though, mm-hmm. it's such bad faith argumentation. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and like friends, at the end of the day, as we've discussed, are people who bring positive things to your life. Mm-hmm. Um, who you bring positive things to their life and do you really want to bring positive things to the life of someone who in any other context but hanging out with you and a few people is an asshole right i just you know i don't really understand how that's an argument um another extreme version of this is like there was somebody in my circle my inner circle not even secondary level yeah but who was accused of sexual sexually assaulting somebody <sighs> you know how quickly i dropped this person okay. and that organized you know how easy it was for it me to do so that it is so easy like listen just... i will drop anybody mm-hmm. anybody over the wrong shit like so it's just i don't understand why 
people think that friendship is something that people deserve, whether they're shitty people or not. Mm -hmm. That's not how it works. Like, you're a shitty person putting bad energy out into the universe. You do not deserve my good energy. Right. Right? Like, I should not be expending this friendship energy on a shitty person. And that's why people have stopped being friends with Republicans. Mm -hmm. So, just wanted to put that out there. Um, But to talk more, I guess... About bad friendship. We're just, like, circling around this, I think. Let's just go for the guttural. Yeah, so here's the thing. We uh, have a friend, a mutual friend. Let's Uh call her Amanda. Sure. No. No, because we know an Amanda. Amanda Motherfucker. And we like Amanda. Um, Yeah, we do. That's unfortunate. You said uh, Brittany. That's right. I forgot. Okay, let's call her Brittany. Um, And this is a friend that we've both gone to know over the last few years and Mm -hmm. also both come to realize that we did not need taking up our Mm. emotional energy right um and so we're not here to like talk shit about Mm -hmm. people right like that's not what i think that's why we've been tiptoeing around it Uh because we really don't want to talk shit about anybody but i think this was a something that we both felt feel really strongly about right like this was sort of a pivotal moment for me in Mm -hmm. how i allow people to become friends you know like Mm -hmm. how much energy i'm willing to give people Mm -hmm. um because you did you really gave the last straw and then three more straws after that and still I mean, I wasn't even giving anything away by the end, and I was still tired. I was mm -hmm. like, bitch. But yeah, so, you know, not going into the details, details. The order of it was like, again, it's like the energy that was brought into that shared space Mm -hmm. is like more of what I want to talk about Mm -hmm. than anything particularly specific. Yeah, so what did that, like, let's start with the early days, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what was it that sort of made you first think, oh, this could be a friendship that I will enjoy. Right. I think for me it was the performance of a politics that, despite a kind of difference in identities on a lot of levels, there was still this kind of, like, solidarity right. that was at least performed vocally. And, right. And, like, our experience together, I was like, oh, okay, like, I identify this person as somebody I can, like, rock with mm-hmm. on a political level. And from there, it was just, like, you know, I, we're already, like, in such a, like, I'm not... Uncertain space, right, right? so why not? And let's also remember, this is back in, 20, like, early 20, you know, late 2013, when, like, it was still relatively easy to trust white people. Mm-hmm. So right. that has to be understood as part of this, right? right. Like, so... There's this feeling of, okay, well, here's a white person who says a lot of the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have not seen, you know, other, like, some of the things that people use as evidence against said person is actually just, like, bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. And often misogynistic bullshit. Yeah. And I think that was also part of it, because it's, like, in many ways, like, the critiques of said person are bullshit. Mm-hmm. But also... Um, they're not right if that makes sense he was able to kind of occupy that that space that was that works to her benefit where like you know we hear what people say but there are also like things that people say about britney's all all the time right versus our like 
actual uh, our our face to face time with her. Right. It was just like, oh no, she's actually like fine. Like it, like we met her in the first few couple of years. Actually, we're yeah. we're like relatively we're re- you know okay. And but you know that's another thing. It's like you begin. It's like looking back, you start to recognize the moments when you should have realized that this is a performance, right? Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, it's things that, like, now you'd be like, okay, white girl, mm-hmm. right? But because... Um, it was packaged in, like, this almost, like, radical... Right. Radically feminist intersectionality that yes it's it's about the language right it's about saying the right things and the thing is people get comfortable eventually Mm -hmm. and that's the thing you have to learn right it's like before so even before people get comfortable they still do some bullshit that you kind of are just like oh most of the time they're not doing this bullshit so it's fine Mm -hmm. and so i think it's really like once they get comfortable that's when the stuff really starts hitting the fan um and so you have to get really a lot better at telling if this person is going to get worse and everyone gets worse when they get comfortable right so you have to really be willing to like actually give the red flags some credence you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like Mm -hmm. and i'm not one you know i'm really good at red flags with people um and i'm very good at being like oh this is not a thing in general when it comes to like people who i don't want to hang out with Mm -hmm. but nonetheless um it's difficult when someone says a lot of the right things and you see them in a lot of specific contexts mm-hmm. right to not really think that oh they'll get comfortable mm-hmm. and this will stop and so it's when the context sort of shift and the friendship sort of grows i yeah. guess you could say um right that things begin to become more clear because the con- the the foundations of it was like we were already on the defensive for her like hearing yes. these things about her and like being like wait this is like those are kind of like misogynistic things exactly so there was always already this impulse to kind of defend Take their side yeah her side yeah. and so like it was it it drew out the inevitable mm-hmm. uh, like divorcing really perfect way to put it yeah so I can think of one moment that for me sort of, and it was a moment where all with all three of us, that for me was very much like the beginning of the end in some ways. And I'm wondering if you're thinking of the same moment. Mm. 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 Sitting at a dinner table, discussing, mm. this is back in 2015, I think, when we were, ta- when you had been dealing with the bullshit out of the English department mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and everything, and we were sitting at a dinner table um, discussing it. Do you remember this? Yes. Was this like when I first got the news? Yeah. Uh huh. No, I, I, I mean, I was in a haze. Like to be that's honest. real. But yeah, I'd, I'd appreciate. But it was you. early on. But I just remember we were sitting at this table chatting, and we were discussing your various options. Um, and she conti- like kept sort of rather than listening to what we were saying, like saying well i think that these people and these ways are the ways that you can be successful um mm-hmm. and then i remember we were just keep we were looking at each other like multiple times like i don't understand why right she keeps saying this because i don't know or trust those white people so right and she was trying to make shit taste better Right. And uh-huh. so, and that's when it sort of became like, oh, you don't get this at all. Like, you do not understand the ways in which 
there is no trust between us and the white people in the mm-hmm. English department. It doesn't matter if you think they're cool because right. you're a white person and for some reason you don't understand why we are unwilling to accept that, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that for me was something that I look back on as like a moment where I was like, oh, uh-huh. right? Thank you for sharing that because I don't remember this conversation happening uh, I was more like, I mean, I remember you, you saw it for what it was. Oh, yeah. That's a, kind of what I actually remember that, and I only, only remember talking to you. Really? Well, maybe that's interesting. Maybe there's a reason for that. Um, I think another... You mean saw the, like, English department situation? Yeah, like, you yeah. saw what I was going through, and you were like, this is fucked. Like, this yeah. is untenable. Yeah. Versus, like, well, maybe if you, like, go to this other tenured professor mm-hmm. who like you know probably already sides with exactly everybody with these else people. yeah for me it was and this is like um this this was like the definitive moment for me mm. i'm like just to kind of bring it all the way back it was when britney got blackout drunk and started I have an altar. I have like a a, right. a spiritual altar that like I had a feeling this would be a moment. Yeah, oh mm-hmm. shoot, like you don't fuck with this. Right. She goes blackout dr- supposedly blackout drunk. Supposedly. I can never really tell. I mean, honestly, I'm not sure if she remembers doing this. Which so. I would not be surprised because it was heinous. Like you go yeah. to an altar, you pick up the pomegranate. Well, just t- yeah, tell the whole thing. Right. So I was at a party with like a bunch of people. I think it was like couple years ago Mm -hmm. and i was hosting and like my altar was there and like you usually see an altar i mean and you had sent out in the email you had said like i'm going to be christening this altar so Mm -hmm. bring something as offering if you're interested right so everyone knew Mm -hmm. that an altar was going to be present at this party so if you see some fruit and like candles there like that's right the altar um and then at some point she's like i see britney like juggling the fruit in her hand and like dancing with them in this really heinous white girl dance that was just like i could not believe that was happening and for me that 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 just crossed a spiritual line of course it you know like it's like so what what that says is you have no respect for the things that i consider important right because mm -hmm. i know nothing about your religion at all like, mm-hmm. but what I do know about, like, I don't know much about anyone's religions. But what I do know about religions is that there are things that are important. And if you're not an asshole, you respect those things. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, I just feel like if it was in a cathedral or something, right? Like, would right. would she have done the same thing? And the answer to me is just, it feels like it has to be a no. Right. And that's the moment when it's like, oh, so it's quite literally a disrespect for like blackness yeah right yeah not to speak for you no and also that was the same that was the same night that like britney had like licked my chest and i was just like why are you like you see black skin exposed and you're like let me consume it yeah i was just like i must own it absolutely like when the gloves come off it's like oh you are basically a manifestation of everything wrong with white womanhood i mean essentially like white womanhood educated white womanhood Mm, in particular because 
they simultaneously have an argument or an explanation for everything, Mm -hmm. but will still bring out the tears Mm -hmm. if they need them, right? And you're Mm -hmm. supposed to just, like, be okay with it because they're educated. Yeah. Um, And I... Quite genuinely, I can't think of a single white lady who was never white ladied with me because it's just, you know, mm-hmm. you can't help it. But I can think of white ladies who have done their absolute level best to either not white lady with me or make up for white lady. Mm-hmm. And that to me was the missing component in this relationship. Yeah. Um, it was often about like forgiveness, but not reparations Mm -hmm. right and if you're gonna be friends with a white person i just feel like reparations has to be an important part of that Mm -hmm. relationship um because there can be no closeness if you are not aware at all times that you have privilege that you do not deserve Mm -hmm. and that i suffer Mm-hmm. Because people who look like you want to keep that privilege. Yeah. You know? And it's like, unless you can, like, you can say you understand that all day, every day. But actions will always speak louder than words, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter what you say. If you do things that disrespect my blackness, then we can't be friends, that's, yeah. right? That's... And so, yeah. That's sort of how it gets. It gets mm. to that point. I mean, there are far more things that we could discuss because, you know. Yeah. But like I said, we're not trying to be the saltiest bitches. Right. Um, we probably sound that way. And it's because I think it's still so. No, but here's the thing. I need you to understand. Like, we didn't go into depth in how much time I've spent with said person. Right. But I could say a lot more. Mm-hmm. Right. About how I feel concerning the way that white women take up space Mm -hmm. um like simultaneously ask you to take up less space Mm -hmm. and so that they can take up more space and then are upset when you choose not to do so Mm -hmm. um yeah and you know other things right but i don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole because Mm -hmm. there lies me just going on a rant that does not need to be public record so i just want to stop and say that like there are a lot of things that i've learned as a result of this friendship and so would you say that like what are some things you've learned going forward about being friends with white people i think it's really tough because I'm I well first of all I need to gender this conversation because right. I don't foresee myself ever making a new white cis male friend ever again in my life. I, I that does I'm, not surprise me. I'm like tapped out. Like yeah. I, I have I have them. I mean I'm shocked you have so many. I have, like to me like that's like more than I will ever collect yeah. in my entire life. And I love so. all of them. I don't even fucking yeah. understand it. Like so weird. But white woman, I'm very. I gotta see what black women say about them first. First of all, that's gonna there be my... There you go. Yep. I, or even when I bring up their name, what is the look in their eye? Mm-hmm. That's gonna tell me exactly, exactly how I need to proceed. Exactly what you need to know. Yeah. First of all. That's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Second, it's... It's tough because I don't... I don't really know how to proceed... 
I don't really see first of my first of all making new friends in my life. I think I feel yeah. pretty I feel pretty satiated. I mean, that's kind of me too. It's <laughs> like I mean, obviously, you know, you move, you want to have some friends in the area where you live, mm-hmm. but you know, in terms of like people who you love and trust with your entire life, I'm not sure I'm getting any new people. Yeah. So, we'll see. Yeah, no. I just I I think I need to see the possibility of a reparative form of justice mm-hmm. from them. Right. Like, first of all, what do black women say? Second of all, what have you done when you fucked up? Because I know you fucked up last of week. Of course. Exactly. Bitch, yesterday. <laughs> this morning. So, like, what did it's you like, do? Like, that's just how it be. And then I'll make a, a yeah. informed decision. Yeah. Um, Very important. Yeah. And, you know, if there's one thing I've learned, it's everything I need to know about, like, white ladies, right? So, mm-hmm. that's important information. You have... An encyclopedia you knowledge, have, right? Yes. Isn't it great? I mean, it's a burden, but it's also like You could really important. write a book. I really, really could. I really mm-hmm. could. Like, unlocking the secrets of white women. Mm-hmm. Oh my across gosh. Across America. Because the amount of times recently that I've said to a white girl, like, you know, I'll just said something offhand, like, oh, well, I'm sure you shoplifted when you were a teenager. Or like, um, what was the other one I said? Damn, but that one, all they all they always say like, "Damn, for real." Or cried <laughs> like, your way uh, out of a, right, yeah, you know, know, out of a to, ticket, yeah, or anything like ridiculous like that. And it's usually that, or invited someone to something who you didn't really like spending any time with, but you didn't think you could not invite them. That's mm. classic white lady mm-hmm. shit. They're all very weird. I spent a, basically mm. at this point, I'm just like, so, do you know what happiness feels like? Yeah. But anyway. That's up to y'all, is what I'm saying. Like, you have the ability to grasp happiness in your hands. You just need to, like, not be a dick about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know... Yeah. Grow. I guess, like, the uh, TLDR of this is, like... Remember that politics, your politics are going to be at play. Right. And your politics are not just at play when you're talking about your politics. They're at play... All the time. And if you have marginalized people in your life, they are noticing every single time that you fuck up. Mm-hmm. They might not say anything to you. because, And if they don't, that means they don't trust you, which means mm-hmm. you have work to do. Yeah. So, um, but it's just like, if you have marginalized people in your life, understand that every second of your life needs to be considered in how you present your politics mm-hmm. because you can't just be out here living willy-nilly and doing whatever and expecting pe- mar- marginalized people to be like, well, you know, I'll give you a pass because we're friends. Mm-hmm. Friendship doesn't mean shit when you're black in America or tr- black and trans right. in America or, mm-hmm. oh my, there's, you know, um, black, trans, and disabled in America. Like, I could go on, right? Mm-hmm. So... Try not to be a dick. Right. <laughs> Just remember, don't don't forget that when we say that, you know, you have to be uh, aware of what you're doing and your your activities and how you go about this life. That's mm-hmm. what black people do exactly. all day. And that's the thing, right? I don't think they get that that's why we're so critical. Mm-hmm. Because we have to spend our entire day thinking about how we present ourselves to the world mm-hmm. without like any real break um and so now that white people are being asked to do the same it's like exquas yeah 
but why aren't you doing it? And it's like, well, because I've been doing it. So mm-hmm. I'm like mostly good. Like, obviously, I still do some every day, but compared to how much you got to do, mm-hmm. it's really not the yeah. same, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that's something people, because obviously, I spent a lot, like, I, you know, black queer woman in America, but I'm also like, I have socioeconomic privilege, right? Like, I have cis privilege. I have Mm -hmm. educational privilege Mm -hmm. and I have friends who have none of those things and you know when I hang out with friends who like genuinely do not have any money right or um you know maybe friends who are like who present in a way that is not considered normative in public like I'm very particular about making sure that they're comfortable Right. right because that's your, the wor- that's the least you can they'll do. They'll make like right? silly suggestions, like we should just go to Sixth Street or something. Exactly. No, of God, <laughs> you know. But like, actively say like, what can I do to make this easier for you? That's literally all you got to fucking do. Mm-hmm. But you know, white people are used to being asked for their suggestions, right? And it's very hard to break that habit. And if Molly does not stop fucking pacing around behind this, I swear to God, I think it's because um, my landlady just got home and she wants to go say hi because mm. that's her bestie. So maybe that's our cue. I know. Yeah, mm. I guess it is. So I think this was great. Yeah. Friendship is hard. Yeah. And sometimes you mess up and you start a friendship with wrong people, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean you have to stay in it. And you definitely do not need to stay in relationships that like leave you emptier than when you started yeah you just don't have to do it yeah so your life is not like long life is too short fam (laughs) where you could waste it on this is what i'm saying the world i'm sorry you just we don't have the time only 24 hours in a day and our lifespans are limited so you know talk to people you love Mm -hmm. and people who make you feel better not shitty ass bitches and i think yeah, that's how we period. end this yeah yeah so as always um we are available where on Facebook, soundcloud soundcloud twitter yes podcast yes find us love us like us fabulous send us emails because mm-hmm. we still would like to do like a question and answer at some point if y'all are interested in that yeah or um, even give us theme ideas oh yeah theme ideas would work too i love a you good know. theme idea um maybe we'll like post something on facebook mm-hmm. like a little poll thing I've yeah seen people yeah do. we might do that okay. all right cool so we'll see y'all soon toodles bye